You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Any news today, Tito, at all? (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Rosie, that's your job. This is the Rosie Report. The next round's on Rosie, and we'll read his credit card number here in just a moment. Regular season roundup. Catch it, Rosie! Nicely done, Rosebud. Now, here's Jim Rosenhouse. Now the payoff. Swing and a high drive. This is hit a ton. Deep right. Eaton track. Wall. Gone! A two-run home run to right. And Jose Ramirez with two down in the sixth has put the Indians on top two to one. Well, you got to credit Lynn. He just stuck with the fastball, kept challenging Ramirez. And Ramirez that time, a little more under control with his swing and launches a two-out, two-run homer to right. And the Indians now lead it by a score of 2-1 to one here in the sixth inning. How does he do it? Jose Ramirez consistently coming through with a big hit when needed for the Tribe. And on Thursday in Chicago, that two-run home run put the Indians in front for good in the sixth inning, helped turn a game around, and helped the Indians earn a split with the White Sox in what was a highly entertaining four-game series. Welcome in. It's the Rosie Report regular season roundup, episode number nine, another Jose Ramirez big base hit for the Tribe Edition. And we may have quite a few of those over the course of the season. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up a little bit later on in this podcast, we'll hear from Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris. He'll bring us up to date on minor league spring training, which is finally underway out in Goodyear, Arizona, as the minor leaguers prepare for their seasons, which begin in early May. But first, a look back at the game on Thursday in Chicago. The Indians trailing by that one nothing score when Ramirez went deep with the home run you heard at the start here. And then the bullpen closed it out after great pitching from Aaron Savali, who won his third game of the season. Aaron, um, after you give up the first two singles in the first and whatever happened at second, um, just it seemed like you locked in a little bit. Just how were you able to do that in that, this game? Um, just got to keep, keep the team in the game, but Emmy kept the tag on a second, which was huge. Uh, you go from second and third, no outs to guy on third, one out. So from there, just trying to limit to one run. If, if anything, um, executed, I wanted to on Moncada, I could have thrown a different pitch, but just trying to go in on him and get a ball in the air. Uh, Aaron, what, um, what was the vibe like, um, what was the vibe like coming into uh, into the clubhouse this morning after uh, getting shut out uh, yesterday? Could you pick up on that, or did you uh, were you just locked into your own routine? No, I mean we're all professionals here. Each each day is its own thing. We don't we don't carry anything into the next day. So we're uh, we're going into each day and each game is its own. So whether uh, no matter what happens the day before, good or bad, we're all locked into what we're doing and treating each game as it is. Aaron, uh, Jose Abreu, obviously the reigning MVP. Um, you guys, you, throughout the series, you did a great job against him as well. Seems like you guys pounded him in early in the series. 
just can you go through the game plan and, and how happy you are with the success you guys had against them? Yeah, um, I think the, the changeup that I found over the past year and, and developed uh, was, was going to play today and featured that early. Um, but at the same time, I have other pitches to go through. Um, I think I threw all five or six pitches, probably five. I don't think I threw any cutters to him, but kind of just attacked him with full arsenal and opened some things up later in the game. Um, just think think we stuck to the game plan with him and went, went with our strengths as a team. I know Karen Check got him later in the game. So I think uh, as a team, we're just going with our strengths and, and attacking. Aaron, how much of a relief was it, you know, in the sixth for, to, to see Jose sort of snap out of it and, and, you know, get the ball out of the park and give you guys the lead there uh, for you to go back out there in the sixth? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's our job as starters is to keep the, keep the game as, as close as we can. Um, no matter what the situation is, it's to give the offense a chance to to make that kind of uh, game-changing game swing uh, with one swing and just got some things rolling. And, and you're going to see that for a, lot of, a long time this year. Um, we're never out of it. And as long as we're, we're giving it our best chance, um, I think you're going to see a lot of those one swing changes, um, but it just gives them some chance, some breathing room on, on their end, com some comfortability. Um, baseball is contagious. You get it going with one guy and Hosey gets up there and then we put a few few more through. Um, it's an all around great game. Aaron, when you look at this series, I know it's April and obviously they had a no hitter last night, but just what does this say? What is the statement you guys feel like you made in being able to go to Chicago and split with them and how you guys pitched as well? Yeah, it's going to be battles throughout throughout the rest of the year. Um, offensively, defensively, pitching, uh, it's, it's good matchups. Um, it's, it's going to be a grind for every game we play them, and it's, it's fun to play in those games. That's, that's why we do the work that we do, so we can compete and be a part of these games. And also commenting on the afternoon, Tribe Manager Terry Francona. It, it was me. Sorry about that. Dad, what did you think of Savali today? Um, you know what? One, he competed his rear end off. Started out in the first inning, and a couple of his pitches wandered over the middle of the plate, and they, you know, they whacked him pretty good. And but he, you know, in the first what four innings, he had, he was out of the stretch every inning, but he competed, and he ended up staying out there for six and really pitching well, and like we've seen him do. Tito, was it good to see Jose snap out of that and, and, and get the big home run there in the sixth? Good to see anybody push some runs across, but I agree. He took some good swings today. Um, I mean, he, he fouled a couple back, and I know he's getting frustrated, but, I mean, you know, not only to get us on the board, but to give us a lead. And then, you know what, we did some good things today. We, you know, when you're not swinging the bats like you want, we got a bunt down. We got a couple runners over. We pushed the – you know, running to first. Um, those are things that make me feel good that, okay, they're, they're not feeling sorry for themselves, you know, because you can't, you're not always going to be hot. And they played, they played with energy today. And that was, that was good. Tino, they may have asked this already. And so I apologize. Is the ball in play after it hits the ground and hits the net? Or is that how that works out down there? Yeah. It's a, it's a universal ground. It's like every ball. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if, a, if the player goes up and falls, then they kill it. Tito, with the uh, the incident in the first inning, what was the 
what did they tell you when you got out there? What, what sparked it? And, you know, was it just uh, Eaton just taking exception to the way he was tagged? Yeah, said it was just a motion. You know, my point, I was trying to make a point that if Jimenez comes back and it escalates, what do they do? They throw both of them out. Said so, you know, Jimenez doesn't do anything. And so that nothing happens. I, I didn't quite understand the logic. I know you mentioned the other day when I asked you about Jose, you just said, you don't worry because it only takes one swing to get him back. Um, how nice is it to get that swing when you got it from him? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we were kind of at a point where we're you know we'll take anything, and he had had some some really good swings. I mean, they ran some really good pitching at us, not just the starters but the relievers, and and you know we had to scratch for everything we got, but you know what, it was enough today. So now it's off to Cincinnati for the Indians for a three-game weekend series with the Reds starting Friday night. And as promised, we now hear from James Harris, Indians Vice President of Player Development. He's out in Arizona at the Goodyear Complex with the Indians minor leaguers as they go through their spring training. They had to wait until Major League Camp was done, their season starting a month later than normal. But finally, as James says, baseball is back, and that is great news. Yeah, I mean, if, if a player didn't go to the alternate side or if he wasn't one of the 50 players that we had in what we call the fall season, there's a lot, probably about 70 to 80% of the players in camp now that hasn't played a meaningful game since 2019. Have you noticed uh, some things, either good or bad, because of that, that, that have been especially challenging for some of these young guys? I think the good is the excitement, the smile, the pep in their step, like, People do not take the game for granted. So even the just the work out on the fields in, in anticipation for the games has been at a really high level. And then when we've had the limited games that we've had here in spring training, it's been amazing, like the attention to detail. Of, and you can see the guys, the work the guys have done, whether that be physical work on their bodies because being away from the game, you can do that, or just maturity levels as 16-year-olds become 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds become 19-year-olds. Um, yeah, the, the maturity has, has definitely changed. And in this time of, of downtime due to the pandemic, there, there's been a draft, there's been free agent signings. How many of these players are you getting eyes on for the first time? A majority of them. <laughs> so, and even even the players that we've had um, for a couple of years in our system, it feels like you're getting to know them for the first time because they've made adjustments over the time. They've changed phys- physically. So it's a brand new camp for us. It feels like the NFL combine where you walk in and you don't really know anyone and you're trying to see what these guys look like. Um, and that's exactly what it was going out on the field. We have an idea of what it's supposed to look like, but it's getting to know all these guys all over again. We saw protocols and, and certain things in place during Major League spring training. Uh, what's the setup like out in Goodyear now for the minor league camp with, with that many players around? It's very similar. It's It's – being socially distanced, it's wearing a mask, it's testing twice a week, it's smaller groups, spread out lockers, um, it's the full protocols. But, you know, Rosie, that's that's the cost of doing business. If you would have asked us uh, if we would do this just to play last year, I think every one of us would have signed up to do it. And now it's the cost of doing business, so we're, we're doing it with a masked smile on our face. James Harris joining us, Indians Vice President of Player Development. 
Uh, minor league baseball has changed since the last time uh, that we were talking about a season back in 2019 and, and discussing the various levels. The, the affiliates are the same for the Indians, but explain how it's different in terms of placing players and, and what you're dealing with now, minor league baseball 2021. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have changed. Not only the protocols changed, but um, before when Lynchburg was was high A, now Lake County will be our high A team, and Lynchburg will be our low A team. We have four full-season clubs. Uh, we no longer have Mahoning Valley. So we have four full-season clubs that we'll be breaking for at the end of this month, and that'll be Lynchburg at low A, Lake County at high A, Akron at double A, Columbus at triple A. Um, and the roster sizes have, have expanded as well. So there's quite a few changes um, ahead of us in the next month. And w- with some of the, the changes in levels, uh, specifically Lynchburg and Lake County, and, and maybe to some extent for, for Columbus and, and Akron at AA, I know there were several reasons for the reshuffling. Do you see an impact in terms of travel conditions and just the ability for players to be in a, in a really good environment? because of these changes? And if so, what are those changes that will help? Yeah, I, I think with the changes, the games are more regional. So with them being more regional, there's a consistent Monday off day. That Monday is also a travel day. So players get more rest, um, better health and safety for them, better conditions for the players. Um, and hopefully that translates to better development and better baseball, but it's also the right thing to do. You mentioned the four full-season teams. Uh, how about below that? Players maybe just drafted or just signed. I know you used to have a Mahoning Valley, two teams, uh, I think three teams maybe the last time out in Arizona, uh, Dominican Summer League, things like that. Are those still in play, maybe in a different format for the youngest players in the system? Yeah, so we still have our two academies. One is in Arizona, one is in, in the Dominican Republic. In Arizona, we'll play at least one team, but we'll have about 60 players. We're still trying to work through the format of what that'll look like, but we'll, we'll get those guys as many game opportunities as we can. And then the, in the DR, we'll have two teams, about 75 players, and that'll look very similar to what it's looked like in the past. So for a team like the Indians, which tried and true has been about player development to, to help the big club, uh, you look at everything that's going on, all these changes – uh, how do you feel about that in, in terms of what the Indians can still accomplish with some changes? And is it a, a better format, you think, for them to continue and maybe even grow as a development franchise? Yeah, I think every team is going to be looking for competitive advantages. Um, this format is applied across the entire league. So I think we're all trying to trying to find out what's the best thing for us, whether it be number of pitchers that we're sending to each affiliate, how many games we play, how we think about our strategy of development, how we um, provide versatility to our players so they can help us at the major league level. Like there's still some gamemanship within there and some strategy for player development, but the structure is just pretty uniform now. And in closing, and and you kind of touched on it early, uh, just seeing players back playing the game and, and I know you mentioned you have some games this afternoon or a game this afternoon and then three tomorrow uh what's that been like not only for yourself but but the coaches managers and then the players coming in what's that enthusiasm that you see out there so number one I'm really excited for the players and just imagine going your entire life it's your dream to be a professional baseball player 
and that be put on hold for a little bit over a year. Um, just empathize with them during that that process. But now we're returning back to the field and to see the smiles on their face, the energy, the, them to be able to pick up on their dreams. And then with our staffs, their their goals are to help help the player. So it just it just feels like a great energy is on the field. And when you step between the lines, you you sometimes you kind of forget about the pandemic for just a little bit. And I think that's what our, our country needed. And it's definitely what our game needed. So it's excited to get out there and watch them play. That's James Harris, Indians Vice President of Player Development. And that'll do it for another edition, episode number nine of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. As always, thanks to Bart Swain, Courtberry Tripp, Austin Controllis, and the rest of Indians PR for helping us with this podcast each and every day or close to it. Until next time, I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks so much for downloading the Rosie Report. This has been the Rosie Report. 